Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a concert in the park, and we want our style to be the main attraction. Rock over to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now get up to 50% off jeans from 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Up to 50% off jeans for the family? That's music to my ears. Plus, now you can get in and out of the store in a flash with buy online, pick up in store. It's fun, fast, and free. Styles that take center stage and free pick up in store when I buy online? Old Navy, here we come. High Fashion, Old Navy. Valid 720 to 729, select styles only. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. This guy's being dudes here on the Draft Dudes podcast. I am Joe Marino of NDT Scouting and FanRag Sports, joined by Kyle Krabs, who's the founder and director of scouting at NDT Scouting, also with FanRag Sports. It is a Friday here on the show. I, uh, I am thankful to Mr. Krabs for affording me the day off on Wednesday and carrying the ship. Uh, but we are back together, the duo, to preview the NFC North today. Kyle, what's up, man? Yeah, uh, it's uh, turnabout's fair play. So Joe cashes <laughs> in his money in the bank contract and says, yeah, I, uh, I'm i off on Wednesday. Good luck, man. So I was just happy to give the people some takes and uh, appease the masses in the NFC East. You know, I, I, uh, I listened to the show, and um... – Dude, when the hell are you going to go to 76ers games? Um, yes, it's a good point. Um, <laughs> the last week in April. Okay. Sorry, they're, they're the, the, the first week in April. Okay. Um, yeah. and I can so do we all like, know that Sixers like, aren't playing games in late April. Uh, they are this year. They're getting the eight seed. Okay. They're getting the eight seed. We're playing the, uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers in the first round. And I'm selling those tickets and getting my money back for two home games. <laughs> that's that's exactly how that's going to work. The hell of a strategy. Watch um, them get the seventh seed, wind up playing like Toronto, who uh, sneaks into the two. Stop and it. Then you, then you can't even give the seats away. Don't you bring that bad juju on me. Um, <laughs> weeknights. Weeknights. I can go. Okay. Um, oh, they play like Monday, Wednesday. 
I'm not doing Fridays. I'm not going to Philadelphia and, and uh, uh, Friday traffic. It's just a disaster up here. So uh, I'll probably get to about a third to half the games, and the rest are on StubHub. So okay. that's the plan that's a- anyway. So StubHub, if you're looking for a sponsor, if, if, you know. yeah, StubHub or SeatGeek, I don't care. Yeah, you know, both Vivid you guys, Seats, Craigslist. Yeah, all yeah. of it. Yeah, sponsor the show. We'll get you a discounted uh, code for some Sixer season tickets. NFC North, Kyle. Um, let's let's look at the Chicago Bears draft class, and uh, this was a weird one, right? I mean, uh, they traded up one spot to get. Mitchell Trubisky, their quarterback, and obviously that that pretty much is this draft. And and you know whether or not he turns in to be the franchise quarterback for the Bears uh, will be you know what, what swings the pendulum on this class because you know when I look at the rest of this, there's a couple of picks that I like, but you know Trubisky and what they mortgage to give get him is the key, you know, right? And no, I don't, I, I'm not. I ahead, to- I totally agree, and uh, there's been some interesting stuff that's come out after the draft, and I'm not sure how much of it's fluff and blah, 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 but uh, Brian Perez, who's a friend of both Joe and I, uh, he runs the Bears Wire for USA Today, and he was he had some snippets about how some NFC scouts had higher grades on Trubisky than they had on Jameis Winston and blah, 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 and uh, man, I, I, I'm not sure I'm that in. Well, I I can say for sure I'm not in because Trubisky didn't score higher than Jameis Winston. Um, they they gave up a ton, and um, th- his development's going to come down to how quickly Adam Shaheen can get on an NFL receiving yeah. um, playing curve. Uh, Kevin White staying healthy on the boundary for them there. Uh, they've they lost Alshon Jeffrey in free agency, so White being a player that. Uh, Finally stays healthy. This is his magical third year. Some of these wide receivers take three years to kind of settle in, if you will. Um, I'm hoping we see that from Kevin White because uh, the Bears, they're weird. They've taken a lot of guys that I've really liked, uh, and I'm still waiting on Kevin White. Uh, Eddie Goldman was banged up last year as a defensive tackle, but I – I had him as a top 30 player on my draft board in that draft class. And now Trubisky. And um, it's the one pick, one of two picks in this class that I feel really good about uh, for the Bears. The other one being the safety, Eddie Jackson, who I've gone in on a number of times. Uh, but the other three players, Ashland University, North Carolina A&T, and Kutztown. So, uh Interesting targets for Chicago. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if two years from now the top three picks are the only three picks on the team. Yeah. Well, look at, you know, Tara Cohen. That was interesting. He went uh, 119 overall. Yeah. This dude's a pocket rocket running back, man. I was I was kind of surprised to see him go so early. I love his ability to make, make people miss on tape, but he's making people miss at NCA&T, and he weighs you know 170 pounds. Uh, so, you know, he seems like a very much a niche player. And when you're talking about running backs at 119, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not taking an undersized niche player. So I thought that was a bit of a reach. Jordan Morgan, not of Kutztown. You like that? I got the pronunciation. You did right. get it right. I'm super <laughs> proud of you. I can't even continue. Uh, no, but Jordan Morgan, I mean, he had really nice tape at tackle 
you know, where he showed a lot of power and moved people off the ball. But, you know, when you saw him at the senior bowl, you really kind of worried that, you know, I'm not sure this guy's going to be able to hang with these players. So uh, he's got a lot to prove. Um, but like you said, you know, the depth of this class with those with those later picks were kind of odd. And, you know, even Adam Shaheen at, at 45, you know, you love the, the physical components and his athleticism for his size. But, you know, he, he's really underdeveloped as a blocker, which is so weird given how big he is and going up against the, you know, the competition at Ashland. He just he had no technique with how he was blocking. So he's got a lot of work to do there. And then, you know, he was literally just a big dude that can run and there wasn't much nuance to how he ran his routes. So he's very, it really lacks polish and picked him at 45. Uh, but then the redeeming pick, right. You know, Eddie Jackson getting him at 112, who can really be that quarterback of that secondary. You think, you know, for a long time and be a nice punt returner and be, you know, just allow them so many different things because of how versatile he is in coverage to line up in single high and line up in man situations. And he's got that, that former cornerback uh, background. So he just knows coverage. He attacks the football well. He's just a smart cerebral player. So I think, you know, they're going to get nice dividends out of that pick, but the rest of this class kind of stacks up kind of odd, if you ask me. Yeah, just a, just a, a pretty unique collection here as far as I look at the players and I ask, what's the theme? Yeah, yeah. Right? It doesn't seem like there's any cohesiveness behind <laughs> the selections and uh, the first two notwithstanding, because I think Shaheen is a player uh, that they're banking on kind of bracketing with Trubisky. You know, I had mentioned that on the draft show of you know, they're looking for a safety blanket and uh, a big body like that with that catch radius that showed, you know, albeit at a, a smaller level of competition, that he can win in space with his size. Um I think is something that Trubisky can showcase quite well. And then you have a Kevin White who, like Mac Hollins and Bug Howard, as big long bodies on the boundary, Trubisky was successful throwing to those guys as well. So um, he's kind of right now at the mercy of um, the skill players around him. If he's pressed into action, would not be surprised to see a Carson Wentz type year where you, know, you get a lot of positive flashes, but... I just don't see the versatility and the skill players there around him that's going to allow him to be highly successful early on. Let's look at these Detroit Lions draft class and a lot of how picks. about our guy? Yeah, they did, but they got our guy, man, Jared Davis. Yeah, got him twenty-one draft dudes alumnus, man. We got a first-round pick on the show, and uh, I just love it, man. I love to see a guy that you just know loves football, loves the game, loves the entire process. And to see, you know, even though he had some injuries and didn't quite have the senior season that anybody would have hoped, and he still finds himself a top 25 pick in the NFL draft. And uh, I'm excited to watch Jared Davis play linebacker for the Lions. And then they, they go Florida again with, uh, with Jalen Tabor, which was a little bit of a redeeming pick for me. Cause I know that I like Taylor Tabor, my 47th player on the board and, you know, he ran a slow 40-yard dash time, and it didn't crush him that bad. So I feel I feel good about that, man. Yeah, you should feel good about that. That's uh, First of all, that's a nice one, too. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I think you know, we talked about a lack of a theme for Chicago. You can see a theme here with what Detroit did, especially if you just isolate. Look at their first four picks, right? 
They had Jarrett Davis and Jalen Reeves-Maven at linebacker. They got Reeves-Maven at 124. They're looking for athleticism on the second level. Yes. Athleticism on the second level is not something that Detroit has had in a long time across the board. You know, they, they've had strong performances from players like Stephen Tulla uh, in a season or two, but consistent speed and athleticism on the second level? No. They swung and missed with Kyle Van Noy. Now watch him go be an all-pro in New England because that's how this always works. But <laughs> um, they they wanted move, flow athletes on the second level. And then um, they selected Kenny Galladay from Northern Illinois, and then and they took him at 96, which I have a bone to pick with them because that should have been Josh Reynolds. But that's neither <laughs> here nor there. They took Michael Roberts, the tight end, from Toledo at 127. So they wanted size in the middle of the field. And you saw them target that. Galladay's a potential yep. big slot candidate. Michael Roberts is a huge body that can make big plays in the red zone. Exploded this year with double-digit touchdowns uh, for Toledo. So you can see the vision. And then obviously, you know, Joe, you had already touched on Jalen Tabor as their second-round pick who went 53rd overall. So their first five picks, they took a boundary corner, which they needed some help at, somebody across from Darius Slay. I really like that combination as a one-two of potential physical guys on the boundary on the outside. Uh, Second-level speed on defense and size in the interior on their passing offense. I like that they had a theme and they targeted guys that fit the mold of what they wanted to do. Now, before we move on to the Packers, let's uh, let's get into Brad Kaya a little bit. Yeah, um, Interesting, right? He, he uh, all-time leading passer at Miami, you know, kind of a – kind of a uh, poster child a little bit, you know, coming through, you know, pegged like every quarterback pegged at one point as a potential, you know, first rounder. And, you know, he slides all the way to two fifteen, and, uh, you know, I'm not overly excited about him. We had similar valuations. He was one forty seven for you and one thirty six on the board for me, but you know, were you surprised to see him dip this fall into the, this far into the draft? Uh, Yeah. I thought he would have been a, an early day three target. Uh, when I went down to Miami, I actually did his full film assessment prior to that game, and then I watched their last two games as kind of just a confirmation of what I watched midseason. Uh, I went down to Miami at the beginning of November to see them play Pittsburgh, and uh, I had that report ready because I wanted to have that available to any NFL personnel that I spoke with. And uh, Kaya scored out as a round four value in my evaluation system right then and there. And uh, I didn't change anything when I went back and watched the last two games, watched the West Virginia game and uh, obviously the Pittsburgh game, which I saw live. Um, Kind of a strange, uh, although I won't say it's strange because we got to remember who the backup was for Detroit for a couple years in Kellen Moore. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's just peculiar to me that they have Matt Stafford and then their backup is just a polar opposite as far as physical traits and skill sets. Uh, but they did that before with Kellen Moore as well. So it seems like they just want a smart quarterback that's capable of processing the playbook and kind of managing the offense if Matt Stafford is out. And I think they got somebody like that, and they got him at a great value at 215. Now, it's always really difficult to get into the – should he have declared whatever types of conversations, but certainly Brad Kaya, when he made the decision to forego his senior season and, and declare for the draft, 
wasn't thinking that he's a six round pick. No, I think um, I think he's confident in his ability to come in and uh, showcase traits that get him called probably sometime. Uh, everybody's going to think at some point they're a first round pick, but I think realistically he was told you know you could be a, a second third round pick and mm-hmm. be a starting quarter like the Deshaun Kaiser range and um, yeah I mean then- you just you watch the film and. He he really struggles with pressure and decision making under pressure, and that scares teams. Yeah. So you know you can be smart with the football, um, or you can be smart with the playbook, but you got to be smart with the football. And you really saw that disconnect when he's taking snaps and under pressure, and you can see like the the smoke's pouring out of the sides of his helmet, where it's <laughs> like oh. Where where do I go with the ball? Where do I like that panic kind of sets in, and um, I don't blame teams to some degree because uh, as much as he's attractive when he's on, he's a very streaky passer. He looks really pretty when he's when he's correctly reading things and he's able to stand back and survey in the pocket. And but it's, it just was not enough. Yeah, so looking at this Green Bay Packers draft class, um, when you watch Green Bay last year, one thing was evident that they gave up big plays. And you see the first two picks that they made uh, as hopefully, (laughs) for them, players that can help mitigate those plays. Kevin King, the cornerback out of Washington, they traded out of the first round and had the first pick in the second round and secured him. And then Josh Jones, uh, North Carolina State safety, who I, I really like. I think he's... He's a he's does everything really well and he'll be a solid player for them. Uh, but you saw the effort there with those first two picks to get guys in the secondary that can, you know, keep the explosive plays to to a minimum. So, um, Kyle, what do you think about this class and the top of it specifically? Yeah, uh, Josh Jones was my fifty third rated player. I think he and Ha Ha Clinton Dix, really nice safety duo. Uh, Jones can play some man to man on tight ends. Um, He's got length, he's got hitting ability, he's just not quite totally polished in space when he has to play in space and transition in space, and uh, he gets that under control. I think he's going to be a really nice football player. I think Packers fans are really going to be happy for him. Kevin King uh, versus my personal draft board wasn't the best value there. Uh, I thought they had some better options available to them at corner. I get the upside. I get he's got length. But you can't tell me he's a press man corner right now because <laughs> his press technique is not good. You can tr- develop him into being a highly effective press man corner if the coaching sticks. And if Green Bay is confident that they have the coaches in place to do that, great. Then you've got a good value and uh, you're going to have a player that fits your specific scheme. But for me, this was not a player that I saw and I said, yeah, that's – that's a top 40 pick. There's now, there's the flashes in the ball skills because he's so long. He has such a high area of influence at the catch point because he's he's legit 6'3". But uh, you put him on the line of scrimmage, and he's soft at the line of scrimmage. He's long with his transition steps, and uh, that's a bad combination. Now, when I'm looking at the, the deviation versus your board, I mean, obviously Kevin King was – is a big deviation, but 
And you've got another deviation here that's just huge. Martravius Adams, the Packers thought he was worth the 93rd pick in the draft. He was a 135 spot deviation from your board. Kyle, what's up with this? Uh, Adams is a, a splash player. He's yes. It's when he's on, um, he is able to make some pretty impressive things happen. But I do think he's more of a linear athlete, linear pursuit player. The ball goes away from him. How many times did you see him get down the line of scrimmage and get after the ball? Uh, everything that he does is in the immediate vicinity, and the motor doesn't run hot. Uh, he was a, a highly regarded recruit coming into Auburn and for three years made no strides forward as a player, turned it on this year, had some some nice flashes as a senior, uh, just too much red tape. And uh, as, as far as the motor and the player development and getting down the line of scrimmage, and a really weird fit for Green Bay, too. Like, it, Adams is a one-gap penetration-style <laughs> guy, and Green Bay has traditionally had these big horses up front that can stack blocks and eat eat offensive linemen at the line of scrimmage and uh, really stuff up and allow their linebackers to flow. Adams doesn't give you anything in that regard. He will get washed out of plays. He doesn't get off of blocks with consistency. So I don't I don't really see the vision there. For me personally, but uh, Ted Thompson's one of the best in the game, so I'm, I'm operating under the assumption that he sees something that I don't and thinks he can get something out of Adams. Yeah, I want to I want to look at these uh, skill players that they got later in the draft. Uh, Jamal Williams, running back from BYU at 134. Aaron Jones, the running back from UTEP at Steel. 182, and Mal- Malachi Dupree, uh, LSU wide receiver Steel. at 247. Yeah, I really like. The skill guys on offense they were able to get later in the draft. Um, Jamal Williams, he's is a very ordinary power back uh, in my book, but probably something that um, you know Green Bay would like to have right he's, now. Is somebody he is that the can quintessential hammer. Green Bay runner. Like they, they had James Starks and Eddie Lacy there for how many years? Williams is another big body, and it just it does not surprise me at all that he's the guy they went out and got. But I think they've got their. I think they have their leading rusher. I'm not going to say next year, but maybe the following year. And Aaron Jones, I, I'm a big fan. He is uh, that dude runs nasty. You know, he picks up a ton of yards after contact, which I love. He can catch the football. Uh, he sees the field well, you know. But he's he he does need to learn to to be able to handle things when the play design fails a little bit better. But um, I like the traits, you know, for for Aaron Jones, especially where they got him. He was a nice value for for really both of us almost 50 point deviation positive uh, for him. So uh, I'll be curious to see how he fits into that offense. I think they got a player in the Malachi Dupree, like no idea, no clue, no clue how he was there at 247. Uh, I wasn't as high on him as you, I don't believe. No, very similar. 122 and nope. 125. Nope. No, you had him 67. I'm looking yeah. at the wrong times. Yeah. Kyle, you had him 67. He goes 247. I had him 125. You know, I like what he's able to do at the catch point and uh, really – position his frame well to attack the football. Obviously, the quarterback play at LSU has been terrible, so we haven't quite seen the production. But in, 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 from a flash perspective, you know, yeah. I, I thought Malachi Dupree is a whole lot better than the 247th best player in this class. Yeah, I, I really think he has the opportunity to come in there and offer something. Um, size, speed, vertical ability, 
and length and and all of those things are there and he couldn't buy a, a, an accurate pass down the <laughs> down the field at LSU uh so i think he's a player to certainly star um look for him to make the roster this year and and as he kind of acclimates with a next level passing infrastructure i i would look for him to kind of really come into his own. Uh, they got another uh, wide receiver, D'Angelo Yancey, from Purdue at 175, but I actually like Dupree's odds of being a, a notable contributor more than Yancey, uh, just based off of the, the raw athletic ability and, and the flashes of skills, as you mentioned, that you see from Dupree. Uh, but let's let's talk about the Vikings, Joe. That's for last. The Vikings have traditionally been a team since I started doing my work with NDT Scouting. Uh, two of the first three years, they were at the top as far as drafting for value versus my personal draft board. And uh, last year, there was a deviation away from that. They uh, they kind of bro- broke some of their own tendencies in talking to some folks down at the Senior Bowl that are familiar with the Vikings, and uh, they have a, a, a notable analytics approach that uh, – they have some models that they use and kind of helps them eliminate players. And uh, they, they got away from that last year, it seemed. Uh, but whatever they change, they're right back on because this was my top scored draft class out of the entire NFL versus, the, versus my personal draft board. Their ability to draft for value with their picks. They made two, four, six, eight, ten, eleven draft picks nine of which we evaluated, Joe. Of those nine, seven were for plus values. They consistently drafted from top to bottom quality players versus my personal draft board. Uh, starting at the top, uh, Dalvin Cook, Pat Elfline, uh, Jalil Johnson, and Ben Gideon were actually the, the only two that we did evaluations on uh, that went before where I had them evaluated uh, they took Rodney Adams, who we didn't look at. Uh, they took him at 170. Danny Isadora, Bucky Hodges, Stacy Coley, Elijah Lee, Jack Tocho. Uh, these are all quality players. These were all players that were in uh, my top 200, between 130 for Stacy Coley. And uh, Elijah Lee was even in my top 100 with the 97th overall score. Uh, ben Gideon's the one standout that... Uh, I, I wasn't really enamored with. I didn't think he was especially notable as a player. I think he was kind of just a guy. Um, but from top to bottom, man, they they got some players in this class. Yeah, I don't disagree with that at all. I mean, no first-round pick. Uh, their first pick in the draft was 41. They still came away with my number 19 and 35 players in Dalvin Cook and Pat Elfline. I thought Jaleel Johnson was a good value uh, you know, he, for me, was a 22-point deviation positively. Um, and then the only the only negative deviation I had was Ben Gideon, which you also had too. Uh, like what they were able to do to help the offensive line, uh, you know, something that they really needed bad. Pat Offline, who I think is a plug-and-play guy on the interior, and then uh, Danny Isidore, is, I mean, he was a top-100 prospect for me. I think he's got starter upside. Um uh, even some of the intriguing guys that they took, like uh, Stacy Coley at one at two nineteen, I think he's got some potential as a vertical guy. Elijah Lee, we talk, we've been or I've been talking. I know you have too about speed on the second level is so important in the NFL now. I mean, 
Elijah Lee is that guy. He's that run and chase guy. I mean, at 232, he's a steal. And Jack Tocho, who's an incredibly experienced cornerback in the ACC, which is where the NFL quarterbacks seem to be coming from these days, right? right? Yeah. Uh, so he he's ready to go. I mean, and that's incredible value at 245. So in terms of adding quality football players throughout the draft, overcoming not having a first-round pick, I mean, you know, hat tip to the uh, the Minnesota Vikings. Really like what they were able to do. And just to piggyback off what you said about them getting Cook and Elfline, which was what what scores were they for you? Nineteen and thirty-five. Yeah, eleven and thirteen. That's yeah, <laughs> so nuts, right? They, uh, yeah, at forty-one and seventy. Um, yeah, and I'm sure there's something to be said there about the devaluation of interior offensive linemen in general, and that's part of why Pat Elfline found his way. Uh, with the 70th overall pick into the beginning of the third round. Uh, when I gave him that score, I certainly did not expect him to be a top 15 selection. But uh, to somebody that I would have expected the NFL to go after a little bit earlier, uh, I would have targeted him probably early round two where I would have expected Elfline to go. Uh, but it was weak offensive line class. So I guess it's you know there's some economics involved of supply and demand and Maybe teams had some questions about his functional play strength, but I don't. I think you can play him in power schemes at center. You can play him in zone schemes at guard. And um, regardless where he plays in Minnesota, I think he's really going to be uh, an essential piece to helping Dalvin Cook be one of the most high impact rookies in 2017 uh, because there, a lot of offense is going to run through Dalvin Cook this year. So uh, I think that's it's great upside and a great complimentary pick. Uh, and they were pretty pretty balanced, kind of balancing out well, offense and defense. They did a lot to help a lot of different spots along this um, th- this roster. So I think Minnesota just did a wonderful job, third, third time in four years that they've been right here at the top. Um, but that is going to do it for us today, Joe. Uh, we did Two a, more, Cal. We, two we more. Did, we got two more. We got the NFC... South, south on Friday. Yeah, give me a minute. I just had to point up and down and figure out which one was north and south. Um, <laughs> so we got the NFC South. Uh, Joe's Joe's favorite team. Uh, hashtag keep pounding. Carolina Panthers are yeah. on deck, so I'm sure Joe's yeah. excited about talking about yeah. favorite favorite uh, team. The Carolina Panthers, his local <laughs> team of choice. Uh, yeah, and I wrote a glowing article about the the Panthers. Panthers. I'm on ESPN Charlotte. The next thing I know, and and all of a sudden, I'm guilty of being very kind to the local team here in Charlotte. Yeah, well, you know, just ham it up. You know, be you're just trying to get uh, free lunches and be a local celebrity. So I don't blame you. I understand how it works. Yeah, no, of course, play the game, man. Play yeah, game. you got to play the game. So everybody has that but to look more forward to. Okay, wow, that means. Oh, I was going to say that means that it's time to to turn the page, man. Yeah. 2018 stuff. Yeah, 2018 stuff's going to be coming down uh, next Friday. We're going to probably have uh, a teaser before we really start digging. And we actually just started working on our watch list now, and we'll have that finalized by the end of the weekend. So, uh, no, I'm not nervous. I'm I'm fired up, man. So uh, I'm ready to go. I'm ready for this to happen and uh, get get the wheel moving and, Oh, stop beating this dead horse of 2017 now that we have some, some landing spots for players. So you guys have that to look forward to. Um, for Joe Marino, I am Kyle Krabs. We are the Draft Dudes, and we are signing off. <laughs> we will talk to you on Monday. 
Right now, join T-Mobile and get an unlimited family plan with Netflix included so you can watch in more places than ever before on your phone, tablet, or TV. Plus, buy one Samsung Galaxy S9 and get one free with 24 monthly bill credits so you and your family can binge your Netflix favorites on your new phones. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. Unlimited data on their network. Video streams at 480p. Small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds. If you cancel balances due, well-qualified customers, full price, 720 plus tax. Finance agreements required. Netflix for two screens. Terms apply. You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a concert in the park, and we want our style to be the main attraction. Rock over to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now get up to 50% off jeans from 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Up to 50% off jeans for the family? That's music to my ears. Plus, now you can get in and out of the store in a flash with buy online, pick up in store. It's fun, fast, and free. Styles that take center stage and free pick up in store when I buy online? Old Navy, here we come. High Fashion, Old Navy. Valid 720 to 729, select styles only. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.